Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Friday, July 14th. Man, this week has gone by so fast, I tell you. Today flew by, too. We had a fantastic prayer event today, if you didn't know. Just as always, and we already had a testimony on that. I'm going to read that in a second. It was incredible. Don't ever doubt the power that we have when we declare our authorities. I mean, it's truly very real. Really, really super. Patriots, one thing that I have really become aware of and believe in is air quality. And I say that it's not like it's new, but I've become more acutely aware of it since I started using EnviroCleanse They're in the unit that they have called EK Pure. And you can find it at ekpure.com, ekpure.com. This is an amazing air purification system. It uses a hospital-grade HEPA filter, and it uses a mineral filter. And it has, it is, with that, it has the ability to filter out viruses, allergens, chemicals, odors. And I would imagine even probably parasites, which that's a whole other thing, but it's real, and it's in our environment, and it really does do all of that. So I would encourage you to check it out, ekpure.com ekpure.com. Use your promo code BARDS. And with that, you're going to get an air quality, free air quality monitor, and you're going to get 10% off. So that's about $150 savings. They're worth the investment. I have one in the studio, and I've mentioned that before. I really do believe in them. They're 100% American made. They were selected by the Department of Defense to filter the air in Navy ships, which kind of gives you the standard and quality that they are producing. Um, filters last a good amount of time. I think you replace, and this, when I'm talking this, I'm saying like about filters, you're running them 24 hours a day. I'm running mine. And so the filters are about every, they need to be replaced about every four months or so, but that's pretty amazing. So anyway, they, and different rates of flow, they run in the background. You hardly know it. If you really want to intensely clean the air, like multiple times an hour, you can turn it up. I just, I just love the system. So check it out. Uh, ekpure.com, ekpure.com. You will not be disappointed. Love the fact that it's American-made. Hard to find in this day and age, but this one is. So there you go. And use your Bards code, B-A-R-D-S, the most popular Bards, most popular promo code on the web. Save 10%. Be awesome. So tonight, let me back up before I... Um, I, I, I started talking at the end of the show in the previous hour, about this whole parasitic issue. And it's very real. And it's part of a lot of what we're dealing with now, the parasite piece. People are heavily invested in parasites. And parasites are cause a change in behavior. They can bring on sickness. And, of course, this mRNA shot is very much geared around a, a technological parasite. It's working to drain down your energy and harvest that while they have an ability to transmit in through their little technology portals that they create with you. And they, that opens up demonic portals and all sorts of things. And it also brings down your immune system to such a degree that it opens you up to being parasitically infected by the environment. So those are just a cascade of events that have come about since COVID-con and all of that. Now, with that, you start to look at the world and you start to realize that they've declared a war on meat and they're trying to force everybody into their vertical agriculture program, which when you start to look at what they're doing, they're building a carb-intensive diet. And I don't know if you have noticed, but they changed the food pyramid, which was garbage to begin with, 
but they've made it now even more carb intensive, more sugar intensive. And the question is why? Well, I can tell you why. And I, and I insist on me telling you this. If you want to talk to the expert on this, truly, it's Dr. Lee Merritt. And she and I had a good call with today. We're going to get her back on the show here in about a week or so to talk about this exact thing. But she has become de facto the global expert on parasitic infections. So she's a spinal doctor that no one else was stepping in the gap, and she did. And so I have, I didn't, she and I share research a lot, and I really enjoy it. You have great discussions. And what I had been studying last night was kind of the motive of why are you going after meat? What's the target? And ultimately, it comes down to parasites. Because if you can get people away from natural proteins, get them to believe, for example, that beef is an unnatural thing, which is what they've done, which is ridiculous. I mean, cows eat grass. Grass converts itself to meat. Meat we slaughter. So technically, anybody that eats meat is vegetarian. But that's a whole other story. And all of my cows up here are grass-fed, natural grass-fed, nothing else on there. But, I mean, I say that, the grass isn't sprayed, we don't fertilize it, it's just natural, it's just seeded and it grows. So, the question is why, and that led me to a whole research which I've been doing for a while and it kind of ringing, as I've been touching on it, not realizing what path I was on, which is kind of how God works anyway. I had started reading about people going on an all-meat diet, which is kind of an extreme of Atkins or Keto. And, but they're claiming these amazing transformations in their body, like joints stop hurting and um, they get over autoimmune diseases, all sorts of stuff happening. Really amazing. And one girl in particular who was almost crippled, she couldn't walk and she just, she had done all this research and decided she was kind of at the end of her rope and she just started saying, okay, I've got to try something. So she went to an all meat diet. Well, this has come to be known as the carnivore diet, and I'm not a big diet. I don't do diets, but this one's caught my attention. In fact, I started it today, and I'm going to try it. I'm going to run it for 90 days, and I'm going to give you updates on this. But I'm very excited about it because, I mean, I can already tell you, I've been kind of intermittently testing this at a week at a time, not really, not intentionally, but that's kind of what happens when I come up to the property. I end up just eating meat for the week, and I always feel better. And my, I have a hip, which I've talked about, on and off, not to, you know, just as it's come up in story over the last couple of years, I have a particular hip injury that goes back to 2014 when I was doing what's called high falls in Aikido, which means you're doing like high air and you're landing. And I landed wrong on my hip and almost dislocated my hip and really inflamed the, uh, the IT band on the side of the hip, which does, it comes and goes and it can be miserably painful. And I've noticed that there has been after say a week of just basically a meat diet, I notice that the pain goes down and it gets better. So anyway, all this leads to the point, a couple of things. First of all, that we know that fundamentally everything in our life we've been lied to. And by the way, the all meat diet is not lean meat. It's meat with fat. It, because as Dr. Merritt was saying today to me, she's like, we are designed to digest and process fat, not sugars. And that's what they've done in a sleight of hand, which is pretty pretty neat. And it isn't to say people have to not eat vegetables. That is not the point. But this is, I'm going through this 90-day period, which they say is the reset. And then from there, you can start deciding what works for you or not and kind of go to a keto-style diet after that or or not. I mean, some people stay on this permanently. But it's interesting because it kind of takes us back to the fundamentals of how we live and kind of our ideas of stewarding the earth and what's there for us and so forth. 
So all that is kind of a setup to say that tonight, as I was, and today, as I was going through, and I, I, I just eat twice a day, breakfast and night. So I made breakfast, and I had some ground meat and some scrambled eggs, and then tonight was uh, some fresh ground sausage that it, from a, a grass-fed pig that I had purchased. And um, I had a pork chop. And this is kind of what started to settle in on me, is that I'm really, I'm blessed to be able to have that. Okay, I'm blessed to be able to have these cattle up here. I'm blessed to be able to have this property um, thanks to an amazing friendship with Brad Cummings. It would not have been possible without him. And I'm, I'm blessed to have these resources here. But I, everything that is here is for the stewardship of God's land and future demands that he places upon me. And so as I'm eating my dinner in between shows tonight, I have to say there's kind of, it's a stream, it's a pretty heavy humbleness that sets in your heart when you start to think of everybody without, in particular children that are going hungry every day. And this is something that we can solve. We don't need governments to solve it. We don't need nonprofit global organizations to siphon off money to solve it. We can solve this. So when we start talking about Operation Vineyard, I, and I'm going to kind of frame everything around this tonight, we're talking about rescuing, healing, and restoring the children. And from the children, we rescue and we rescue, heal, and restore ourselves and our society. So let me just say that again. By rescuing, healing, and restoring the children, we rescue, heal, and restore ourselves and in so doing, the nation, and in so doing, the world. It's the center point of everything. And that changes really how we see the entire world. And the problem we have is when we start talking about these operations, we start talking about the big money and how are we going to fund this and how are we going to fund that. And, th and this is where we have to start shifting our paradigm. So I'm, I want to dig into something here. It's not going to be pleasing to some. And that's okay. I'm not always here to make everybody happy. But it is a post that was sent to me tonight that I think is very relevant. It's posted by Tim Harry. And it, it's a post about both Operation Underground Railroad and versus Children's Rescue Initiative. So I want to read this. This is just a post, but this has he has documents to back up what he says. This was on Facebook, actually. And Fortunately, it's one of these posts that I can actually view on Facebook because I'm never on Facebook. I don't even have an account there anymore. But let me read this to you, and then we'll continue. I have prayed about this and just want to educate everyone before the inevitable happens. I am so thankful that a movie has come out to educate the public on what the Children's Rescue Initiative have been fighting for 13 years. I have problems with the organizations, with the organization Underground Railroad, and their 14 million in salaries, 4 million in travel, 1.4 million in marketing, and recorded 142 children saved. The 6,000 they take credit for, most are government agency saves that they, Operate Underground Railroad, assisted with by donating donated money to improve 
their software, including Baldwin County, or buying a third world country a computer. Our founder made over 500K last year. I'm sorry, Operation Underground Railroad, that's our Operation Underground or the organization Underground Railroad founder made over 500K last year. Children, Children's Rescue Initiative founder hasn't taken a check in nine months. His $49,000 salary was too much of a budgetary strain, and he just received a raise last year from $30,000. No one should profit and live a lavish lifestyle from donations to save children, period. At Children's Rescue Initiative, we have less than 100 k in the bank and just rescued over 20 children last month. Everyone donates their time. We all beg for money every day and have saved over 2,300 with non-government help or assistant assistance. We put our hands on every one of them and provide aftercare, including medical and schooling. I am thankful for everyone working to bring awareness, but WTF is going on. This is all information that can be found on their website, meaning Operation or Underground Railroad, under posted financials. Because they're a nonprofit, they have to publicly post. That's my added. Then he adds, wake up, sheeple. I don't know why I'm so surprised when United Way raises money for 87% administrative cost and we say nothing. We are all too busy showing each other pictures of our new cars and selfies to read this, and it won't be long before the hard before the herd puts its head back down and continues eating the social BS grass. Some will say I'm being a hater, but I'm not. This is upsetting because when this does come out, it's going to make the small amount of donations we receive go away as well. Normally, you cannot complain when someone is doing good God's work, but you can if you're doing the same thing better with less. We don't ha- want the money or problems Underground Railroad has put, has put. I do not want to lose the little we do have. God promises us all the same reward. He also said that I am not better than my brother, so I guess I will be thankful for that. He has a wonderful point, and it's to my point here. I, I was praying the other night, and looking at the magnitude of this project. And God asked me, he says, what's your number? I said, what do you mean, what's my number? He says, what's your number to get this thing started? So I construct a number, and it's substantial. I'm not going to kid you. It's a substantial number. And I said, Father, that would, from everything you've shown me, to make a county-level stronghold here, to create facilities where people can come in, to start offering grants to help other facilities get started. This is all a pass-through. And so I gave him a number. And it's like, okay. Well, I just want to point out just how God works. Now, when I, I've told you before that when 
I'm praying into God for resources. There is such a thing as money, and we know that money is needed, like they need money as well. But there's a number of things here that we have to be very cognizant of, and it's the motive and the intent. When we start putting our own salaries and our own expenses before the operation, we're going to get ourselves caught in a, in a problem. Now, there's minimums that people need, and I'm not even suggesting otherwise, okay? And I'm, I'm not going to do this ridiculous garbage that happened in the Q movement where it's like, oh, you're a PAY triad. That is not what we're talking about here. Because God does not want people to be poor, and especially doing good work, God wants you to be able to function. But it doesn't mean it won't be hard. And this is why when the commission was given two weeks ago, and we talked about it in detail two weeks ago on this show, because this was the show when I told you that I had accepted the commission 24 hours after it was given. The one thing that was very made very clear is do not go on a fundraising spree. And he made that inordinately clear. Start praying into it, which we've talked about. Pray into where you fit. Start leaning into me. Let me show you where I want you. Start looking at your world and how you will focus on this in your local community and start using the resources that you have to start getting things going. And that's exactly as I've done. I've drafted out and am drafting out a pretty extensive operational plan. Our, um, our web designer is working towards, we already have, well, by the way, talk about the God thing. I didn't even mention this to you. Operation Vineyard are not two unique words. I'm just going to be clear. Operation Vineyard, they're not unique words. If you tout me, just look them up. But here's what's amazing. I go into get the URL and if you know anything about URLs, the .coms are almost always taken. The .orgs are taken next. And then you can, you're left usually with the .net and then all this other garbage, like .ai and all this other stuff they do. Operation Vineyard. Remember how long URLs have been out there. Operation Vineyard. The .com and the .org were not only available, I picked them up for 12 bucks. That's a God thing. That's amazing. Okay. So we have... We have the URL. And so I was, I passed it over to our web guy. He's great. And he's already started to, it takes a little time because they have to, we have, we have our own server and we're putting that on there. But I laid out all these details when I was praying to God. Here's things we need. We need to create a resiliency on the web. And that's going to cost an X number of money, amount of money, which can be very expensive. I don't know how much web design you've done, but it gets expensive. And then when you start doing like, New technologies in the web piece, you can get into hundreds of thousands of dollars very quickly. So you can start to see how these budgets can just get conflated and inflated so fast, right? And I'm praying on the fact we need a, you know, we need a school and we have to do some rebuild on this property we have here and we have other facilities. So all of this is coming under one big, we'll call it the prayer budget, for lack of a better term. And God's taking it in, it's no problem. And remember, for God, resources are no big deal. We have to have the clarity to ask to God, and we have to have the purity of heart to be able to say, here's what I need, but trust in him to deliver as it comes. So the things that start happening, like one of the things is like, okay, we need a training program to train 
to train our intelligence people and to train people how to do covert work. And I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. That's coming, but you'll be stunned. And I get introduced to that person the next day with a, someone that texts me and says, have you met this person? I'm like, no. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you serious, this person? They're like, yes. Sorry, but I've been asked to keep this quiet until it goes public, and it's not public yet on this. So it'll come soon, so don't worry. I don't like doing that, but I, I've, I've agreed to that. And come to find out that this person who's like a cutting-edge investigative deep cover type person says to me, as I've never met this person before, having a phone call, and they say, oh, by the way, I'm starting a training program to teach these skills, and, I'm, and I've already got the curriculum built, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Really? This is exactly what we need. So here's, I'm getting to something, so bear with me. From this, we get, God nudges me, and I, I call one of our fellow Bars Nations people who I haven't talked to for a while to discover that this person has been building a children's school that's only, it's like as the crow flies, like 20 miles from the ranch here. And they want to bring this into the, the circle of Bard's Nation. So watch how, my point is here, pay attention to these things. Because all of these things, if you start understanding them, these are big budget items, right? You're talking a training, to develop a training program can cost you fifty dollars to $100,000. To build a school and on, on property and so forth, you're talking half a million to a million dollars. I mean, these are not small investments. And God starts moving right away. God says to me, get hold of Mike Adams. So I get hold of Mike Adams and I start sharing the vision with Mike and he's like, I know where, right where we can help you. Now, remember I said, I wanted to build a web system that was resilient in face of this insanity that's going on out there. And Mike says, I know how we can support you. He says, I've just invested money so that we're going to move over to this new technology platform. And I, I think it's called Quora, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's an amazing platform. And it's uh, an amazing platform because it's been built in such a way that there's no possible way that they can prevent you from getting on it, nor can they take it away. It's completely decentralized and it's based off of devices. So you can put it on every single device in the app and they can never stop you getting access. They can't even require you to use digital ID to get on board. Fantastic system. And Mike's about ready to launch his entire platform on this. And I've seen it and it... you. It runs faster than the web and it's everything. It's beautiful and it's very unique. It's all like blockchain technology and it's all secured. It's all awesome. And so he's like, Mike says, we'll just give you the code. You can just have it. And I'm like, okay, that's incredible. And then he says, and for your economy, because we, he says, let me, let me lead your way for digital economy. I've been doing it. I have an idea. And he and I start sharing ideas. And this is going to give you a bigger picture of Operation Vineyard here in just a second. I'm like, of course, thank you. So notice how God's working here, right? I'm watching, I'm, and literally I'm seeing in my head, I'm like, cha-ching, oops, take that line item away, take that line item away. And you're watching the physical cash fall down because we've opened up God to the potential of resources. We gave him a number, which was tied to, all of the things that were needed. And there's some things that will need money. Don't get me wrong. But you're watching this God moving and putting things in place so we can move to the next level. So far, it's zero cost. 
It's the heart of people. And that's what God's doing. The heart of people. And so I have remembered seeing somebody in our chat. Again, we'll keep that anonymous for the moment. Who I knew had done some work on servers. And so I just had a quick chat with them in chat. And this person has already like learning the entire platform and has already started to set up the new system in test for Bars Nation. I mean, it's that fast, right? And you see how this is working. We're working together for a common goal because we're trying to create something really profound here. And these things just keep happening. So there's resources that we need. Like, you know, I was, and I'll just be candid with it. I was pricing a, I was pricing a, um, a freezer for the property and knew they were outrageous. Like a walk-in cooler was like eighty dollars to $120,000. I'm like, that's ridiculous. It's stupid. I won't even bother. And so, I mean, who's going to pay that much money? So I, I'm like, okay, I'll build it myself. I can maybe build it for about 15000 if I'm lucky. And I'm cruising along the other day searching, and I stumble on this ad in Craigslist, and I call this guy, and this guy calls me back, and we just have this amazing conversation, and he just, and every just kind of blossoms, and he's like, I have exactly what you need, and it's already set up. It's exterior rated. It's in panels. You can assemble it. You can pick it up in Portland and bring it down, and the cost is about $12,500. So, right, we need money but for this. I have it for this. God provided that. But all I'm saying is, there you go. It's like God's providing again in an amazing way. So that's going to go in for the butchery. And all these things are coming together as they should. Okay, we had a, just things start linking and you start linking with people and people start talking and sharing and we start coming together. And what we put aside is the individual motives because we understand the common goal. And that's when I was sitting there tonight and I'm having my meal, which for some is an absolute luxury meal. And don't think I'm not aware of that. I, I lived for a period of my life when I could hardly afford, I, I was living off of $50 a month and I don't even know how I did it. But it was also thanks to a friend that was hugely helpful. And I've never forgotten both the blessings that God gave me to be in that time and also what it takes as a community to survive. God doesn't want us to be poor without. So there's a shift that we have to make when we step into Operation Vineyard that we're going to, if we're going to commit, and I've talked so much about this, and I just want to reaffirm this position tonight. This is a commission. This isn't some flippant idea that, like, I just want to get involved with helping kids. There's plenty of organizations out there that'll take that. That's not what this is. Because there's not a there's not a donation site, not yet anyway, and I don't have intention of having one anytime soon. And that's the other thing that I think you know me well enough on this show. You, you have to deal with the advertisements, but that's okay. You you can always fast forward through them or chat in the chat, or you can just be like, "Cool, whatever," because I do pretty good ads. You got to admit. But here's the deal: is that I've never asked for donations nor wanted to do that because. I don't want that burden on people. 
I don't want that. That's not how we work here. That's not how God works. God opens the doors that we need as we need them, and we trust in him for that. But we have to let go of this, of our expectations. And if he puts us on a commission, if you really get that call to be part of this, do trust in him. Do trust in him. And you might look at this and go, I don't know how I'm going to do that, God. Well, then trust in him. He's going to make it happen if you've accepted the commission. And that's what I've done because when I played out this whole vision, let me tell you, it's no small budget when you start talking about acquiring a thousand acres for more cattle and you're going to build the kind of these coffee house assembly places and you're going to help other, other stations around the country stand up these safe houses for kids and you're going to help get people trained on intelligence work. You're talking some big ticket items. But what I've been reminded about in the first two weeks of this is the amount of flow and the people standing up. We had somebody call us, one of our followers on the East Coast, great guy, East Coast, gets hold of me. He says, look, I'm in a place finally. I didn't think we'd ever be able to do it. We're going to we're going to sell our place in Florida and we're going to move up to our property in North Carolina and we want to build, take that property, build a homestead, and we're going to turn it into a kingdom safe house for the children. Boom. Just like that. And this is happening all over. And what's going to make this very unique is that this, when you start to look at a, a network that is blessed and is working with God, what he's doing is he's asking us to step into these places to be those regional champions, that dread champion of righteousness for your region, and to declare what you need. Openly declare it. Use your authorities. And have trust in him that he will deliver in the many forms that he does. Because when I sit here tonight, as I was, starting on this, this project of carnivore diet and reflecting on how expensive things are and how I'm in a particular position right now where raising our own meat and so forth, that those costs aren't hitting my bottom line like others. I'm not immune to, I mean, I'm not, I'm not inured to those realities, Okay. And as I'm thinking about the children and the mothers and the families that are literally living on the edge and some having children having to go without meals, it just breaks my heart. But here's what gives me so much energy and so much excitement and so much hope. I know how much food we're producing in our small garden in town. And I know much how, how much food we've begun to produce on this 80 acres and how much farther we can go. And I know that as a community, as we build out this network for Operation Vineyard, if you remember what I said, as God told me, you fix, you save the children, you solve all the problems, you free the nation. Those were God's words. And it starts to make sense because the ripple effect starts. Now, as we're building out a network, we're going back to that model of county by county. People are starting to raise their own food. They're getting involved with their right work to trust in God. And churches are being built in homes. We're, we're getting, our health is being managed through the network of, of wellness and products that are being grown in people's gardens. And incrementally, as we grow this network, we're building an alternate economy of the right way. So let's go back to Mike Adams, like I mentioned. As he said, I'll handle your digital currency. And I don't like digital currency but there's a reality that we need some sort of exchange for him. And he says, Let's, we can talk about a privacy coin. And he listed a few. One is Monero, which I know very well. It's a very good coin. And I said, well, Mike, here's, here's our plan. 
and this is, I'm sharing this with you now as this kind of unfolds, is we're going to take this, the community of Bars Nation, and we're going to umbrella all of these little places. We're all centered, focused around children, but we're going to connect it all through a co-op. And the great thing about a co-op is that everybody is part owner and we can strike, we can use and create our own currency. And Mike says right away, and he goes, Oh, that's so awesome. He goes, we can take a digital coin and we can make an exchange. We can literally use the digital coin to make a exchange in the form of barter. See, so minds are thinking and we're starting to come up with solutions that are outside of the main system. And not all things are solved yet, trust me. But these are the things that God's opening these doors for to say, I want you to put me first. I want you to put me first and I want to free you from the chains of how you've been. And as you do this, I want to show you how we bring minds together. We can start to connect and solve problems. And I've said this before. We took a whole group of people and we sat them down. In Bars Nation, I will guarantee you we will solve everything. We will solve every problem. You know, here's on Sunday night, we're going to hear from, I think, is it Chase? Boy, I should know. I'm sorry. I, I just interviewed him today. Um, he's the CEO of CB Distillery. Okay. And why I'm bringing this up is. Yeah, it's Chase Terwilliger, and it's, it'll be a great interview if you get a chance to listen to it, because I hope you do. I hope you tune in, because it's it's where he's where we're going to talk about CBD products and the challenges they're facing with regulation and so forth. But, like, here's an example. Very poorly exploited, but here's an example. Hemp as a product, it grows in the ground. It's, it's a fiber. There's a guy in Canada that just made a hemp airplane. Every piece on that aircraft... All the, the shell of the aircraft, I should say, the fuselage, all of it was made with hemp fiber and the fuel was hemp oil. See, there's all sorts of solutions and we start to come together to solve things. And what happens is we get inundated with this narrative that we, we can't do anything. That only they control the keys to the kingdom, which is an absolute lie. They don't control any keys to any kingdom other than the hell that they're living in and trying to get us to join in, which we're not going to do. And when we go back to the center point of the children, there's a beautiful motivation and inspiration that we have because children have to eat, they have to be clothed, they have to be housed. We need resources, printable resources that they can learn from in books. See, we start to see how this comes together. They need Bibles. All of these pieces are falling under this Operation Vineyard. And what we get out of it is something beautiful. You start to watch as God's show downloading and, and connecting and I'm working through this in prayer and he's showing this and it's pretty soon you start to see this thing that started to look like a very simple little thing. Three words, right? Rescue, heal, restore. And of course our minds go to a sound of freedom and we think of tactical teams grabbing the kids and then racing them over to a place and we put them there and they get better and we, we give them therapy and then everything's good. But now watch the way those seeds have grown. Because what he's showing us is the passion that we have for the children, which we need to have, because that's kingdom's priority. As we start to nurture and take care of them, 
all of those connectors start to grow outwards. And the problems that we're, we've been worried about in our regular life start to be solved because of this network. It's a root. He's taken us to the root. And he's shown us how this root, if we tend to it, will grow to be this magnificent forest. And it will be overlaid with another forest and another forest and another forest, and it's all interconnected. Imagine looking at a barren landscape. Boy, this goes right to a vision I had about 20 years ago. So this is unbelievable. Almost 30 now. It might actually be the answer to the vision. So imagine we're looking at a barren landscape. And we have to get through this landscape by dirt roads and cars. But imagine if God took his hand and he moved it over that landscape and everything became a rich, old-growth forest. And now we could move from branch to branch with rope swings and rope bridges. We'd have all sorts of different connectors that we'd be able to move through. We'd be able to live in the trees. You see how quickly things could change. And I'm using this as a metaphor, not a physical thing, at least not yet. I'm all about healing forests with a prayer, trust me. But what we start to see is where everything is barren and there's nothing in between to connect us. See, what he's showing us is if we take the root and the root is children, and the root is children, and we take that root and we nurture that root, we start to see forests grow up. And what that forests are is the passions, the, the love that's in our heart combined with the gifts and talents that we each have. What's not in that equation? A $4 million salary, the worries of what will I do? How am I going to pay my bills? Those are realities, but when we're giving our heart to that project, kingdom flows with the resources needed, and it does happen. We just have to believe. We have to have faith. To that point, I want you to hear this. So today... The gray room goes by the gray room. Asked us to pray for a friend that had become paralyzed. And I'm sorry, it may be a friend, it may be a relative. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but we'll just leave it at that for now. They'd fallen and hit their head in a pond, broken their neck, and they were paralyzed from neck down. So we did, and we took it on. As God told us, we can and should and must, not just should, but must. That's our duty. Ezekiel 34, or 43, one of the two. Judging the shepherds, it's important to read. So we did. That was today. Somewhere between 1 and 3.30 p.m. for our Friday prayer. This evening, after Barnes FM, I received this note in chat from the Gray Room. Barnes FM, thank you so much, Scott, for the prayer today. I don't ask for prayers. In fact, that was, the, that was my first. I have to report that within the hour of the prayers, I received word from Phil's brother, that Phil was rotating his ankles, shrugging his shoulders, and moving in other areas. Miraculous indeed. Praise the Lord. Thank you, and God bless. You see what's happening here? 
we're gaining the trust. It's not confidence. Confidence is within us. This is trust and the alignment to work with Father. And we're stepping in as he's always had there for us, stepping into our authorities to be able to literally start bringing his miracles into this world. So when I read something like that, and I just say, how much farther can we go? So when I read something like that as well, and I see, and I hear that testimony, and I hear God say, I want you to build Operation Vineyard. I want this to be a county-by-county county network across this entire nation. I want you to have safe houses in every county for children to be rescued, healed, and restored. I want you to have an information cell that will be able to map out the human terrain for every county so that we can start understanding and you can start understanding what he already knows, but we can start understanding where our problems are, who our true enemies are, which is something he put on my heart back in January. I want you to be able to build podcasting communication cells that are going to be able to use that information and the stories of children and other things going on in the county so counties have a place to go to be informed with truth and scriptural truth as well. And then I want you to start being able to bring that together regionally. And you're going to have, we're going to build out your own authorities because we're not going to rely on this broken system. You're going to turn first to the courts of heaven and through common law and, and citizens' grand juries, we're going to work the courts of heaven into the courts of the land in the county, each county. And sometimes you'll work with authorities and sometimes you won't. You'll give authorities an opportunity to always do the right thing and work with you. But we ultimately, as the children of the Most High, are going to be able to be the authorities because that's our role. And I want you to do this here, and then I want you to move it all through the world. And I want you to have a county stronghold, he says. Your county, Douglas County. And then I want you to build other county strongholds because each one, as he, as he says, I show you to build, it will create a wave to move through. So right there, we could put a full stop on that for a second. And we say, well, the, the unbeliever will say, well, Lord, that's going to cost $250 million. I don't have that type of money. This isn't going to work. What are you going to do? Give me the lottery? And right there is when we've just put God in a box. Instead of saying, yes, Lord, resources, no resources, I'm going forward. I love this vision. You've given me the commission. I'll walk in that commission, whether it's myself or a thousand other people. Because I know that Gideon only took, needed 300. I know that David was only one. and know that Joshua tore down an entire city with a small army and then had 39 total campaign victories. So all of it centers on our relationship but I always say the trust in him, truly letting go. But the enemy is like a viper, and it's going to continue to be there, and it's going to continue to bite and try to convince us that we can't do that. So I read this tweet earlier in, in Bended Knee, and I'm going to read it tonight because this is a really great story. It's an author unknown. It was tweeted on the account Daniel DeFranco, but I want you to hear this. 
A rattlesnake bit one of my sheep in the face about a week ago. Deadliest snake that lives around here. The sheep's face swelled up and hurt her terribly. But the old rattlesnake didn't know the kind of blood that flows through the sheep. Anti-venom is most often made from sheep's blood. The sheep swelled for about two days, but the blood of the, of the lamb destroyed the venom of the serpent. I was worried, but the sheep didn't care. She kept on eating, kept on drinking, kept on climbing because she knew she was all right. Often the serpents of this life will reach out and bite us. They inject their poison into us, but they cannot overcome the blood of the Lamb of God that washes away the sin of the world and the sting of death. Don't worry about the serpent or his bite. Just make sure that the Lamb's blood is flowing through your veins. Great words. So I'm going to go full circle back to where I began sitting and eating my meal and thinking of all the children that go hungry, thinking of all the ridiculous programs and the amount of food that we waste and the food that we press across this country. And we have children in this country whose families can't feed them at home. And the only meal they get is a meal at public schools, which is designed to keep them dumb and disempowered and low on energy. And we, as a nation, do nothing. Well, Bard's nation will do something. And as a consequence of a commission that God's given us in Operation Vineyard, we will solve that problem. The problem won't rely on the mega monoculture agriculture beasts. The problem is going to be resolved and solved through the innovation of small gardeners and small farmers who have a passion to live free and to live under God's law. It will be a network of people that will be so substantial that as we grow it, others will look and say, I want to be part of that, and we'll welcome them in. We'll give them a seat at the table to dine with us and to hear the word of the gospel and to bring them to the glory of what it is to walk with Jesus, not to speak the words. I don't care if I, in my life I ever, I, I will say this, I hope I never get to a place where I feel I have to door knock to tell somebody to come to Jesus. I only ask, Father, that as I walk in this world, what Jesus is and who he is just shines through me. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. That in itself is enough to draw people in. So we can solve this problem. It's, it's the problem of our children in this nation. We need to rescue them. We need to heal them. We need to restore them. And as we do each of those steps, we solve so many other problems like food, which we can solve. All of these things start to happen, and God will open those doors and show us new ways and lead us to new innovations. All we have to do is trust in him. 
So I'm going to close tonight with the scripture, and it's not directly related to what we're talking about tonight, and yet it is so much related to it. And it's John 5, 5 to 9. And there's just so much in this passage. It just keeps ringing through my head, even as I'm talking now. And that's just probably God nudging me to go back to it and read it again. And it's this. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. Living, and this one, this is my piece here. He's living, that's, that's John 5, 5. He's living in a narrative. He's living in his own entrapment. He's living ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, Jesus said to him, do you wish to get well? Now listen to the response. Because the old man doesn't respond that way. The old man tells him the story that has entrapped him. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down for me. Jesus comes down before me. Excuse me. And so he's just told Jesus everything about his excuse of why he's been there for 38 years. But Jesus' question was, do you wish to get well? Which in other, in other terms would be, have you no faith? And so Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. This whole commission is massive. It's rooted so much in our faith like Jesus commanded that man to have. A commission was given as we accept, and I have. I'm already picked up my, I've already gotten up, picked up my pallet, and I'm walking. And I don't necessarily know where God's got me going, but it's pretty clear where he's got me going is pretty awesome. And I know along the way there's going to be some, eh, probably some tough moments. The trail might be washed out, might have to crawl across some crags and rocks. Might even have to repair my mower or my ATV in an unexpected moment. And maybe sometimes I'm going to have to look and see an empty freezer and know that i got to work harder to fill it again. But all I need to do is turn to him and say, I'm ready, and I know that he'll be there. Because the power of everything that sits before us now, from our healing to the saving, rescuing, healing, and restoring of children, is going to be centered on our willingness to turn ourselves over to him, trust in him, trust in him, and walk into our authorities. That, to me, is what defines all in. Let's pray. Father, we are very blessed to be here tonight. And we're, as we sit here tonight and we just reflect on the power of Scripture and the power of the commission and at the same time the pain that we all feel, it's a heaviness in our heart of the children that have been neglected, that do without, that have been abused. It's, it's a range, it's a gamut of things that is taking and stealing the innocence of this nation's children. A nation in which you gave us our authorities and sadly which we've allowed those men in power to take them away. 
But this commission reminds us that that will be no more. And so, Father, we pray tonight for those stepping into this commission as it has defined its form more and people are excited that we understand what we're doing here. This is not just a frivolous event. This is a change in our direction, path, pace, speed of our life walk with you. This is, on, this is equal to a covenant, but it's great and powerful. And it's a, it's a path which we've accepted that you will guide. We will abide in you. We will walk with you. You will direct us and we will use our authorities as you have given us to command the things that we can command and we will return over to you those things that are your dominion and domain to do. But in this commission together, we will rescue, heal, and restore the nation's children. We will. And in the process, we will rescue, heal, and restore the people, the family, and the nation itself. Let us remember the words that it is we the people, not the people of the government, and that we are subjects only before you, not before men, and that we are children of the Most High. And it is in these hours now that as we accept this commission, we step into the true authorities of what we were asked to be here to do to walk as Jesus walked this earth. And so, Father, as you have shown me and let this door remain open for those of the heart to accept, to walk into this doorway a new step forward, to truly walk in unison in the body of Christ and with it to open up a new day. Guide us on this amazing journey, Father. We're blessed to have given the, been given the commission. And for all of those that accept, May their hearts be full of wisdom and clarity and direction and where you want them to walk. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Things that are important, never rush to failure. Take time. That's some just life experience and probably some good nudging by Father. Emotional things, and we heard this piece in the last hour by Greg Reese, that these topics are highly emotional. He did a good job of articulating it. I've talked to you about it as well, that these, these topics about children are emotional and volatile. But that's not our walk here. Our walk here is grounded on the rock of faith. We have to be that steady light that people see and can count on. We have to carry the wisdom of Father, which he has there for us. And there's going to be times we're not going to know where we're going to feel a little bit out of place. And that's why we have the relationship with him. That's why we also have a community to pray with and pray for and be prayed upon. And through this, we have built, we're building a network that's woven together in an incredible way with its forging principle being prayer and the blood of Christ. That's amazing when you think about it. And I guarantee you, demons are not welcome here and demons know what's coming. So patriots, have a very blessed weekend. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. 
God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, remember, Sunday night, two programs, a Bards FM program first, followed by a Peace Be Still. Have a very blessed Saturday and Sunday. Until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.